0: Christy Drutman, and you are listening to Brown Girl Green. I interview environmental leaders and advocates about workplace and member diversity and inclusion and finding creative solutions to the climate crisis. I'm working to change the image of what it means to be an environmentalist in the 21st century. In this week's episode of Brown Girl Green, I interview an Instagram influencer about the power of social media in empowering people to take action on environmental issues. We discussed some of the quick, cheap and dirty tips you can take to live a more sustainable lifestyle, as well as how you can turn your meme into a movement. How can we turn clicktivism or just heart emoji reacting to a photo into actually thinking about systemic change, as well as how people can actually spread the good word of environmentalism on social media platforms at a fast rate that will get us the results that we need to encourage people in the next 10 years to take the immediate action and steps they need to educate and empower their friends and family around them to deal with the climate crisis. So I'm super excited to have you listen to this week's episode, and please smash that young subscribe button, because your girl is trying to save the planet one podcast and post at a time. Take a listen. Today, I have an incredible guest, the host of Go Green, Save Green, an online platform mainly hosted on Instagram. She goes by Go Green, Save Green, but her real name is Ariel Maldonado, and she comes from Southern California, and I wanted to have her on my show because I have been following her since the beginning of 2019, and I followed her when she was at, like, 8K Followers, And I remember seeing some of her first posts and just seeing that in her profile description, it said, uh, buy a woman of color for people of color, an environmental platform. And I was shook. I was like, what? There is someone out there that is thinking about how to take environmental issues and bring it to folks that want to save money, want to care about the environment, but don't exactly know how to do that. So I was pretty stoked. I reached out to her and said, we have to collaborate on something. And now like she's been enmeshed into our friend circle here in the Bay Area, environmental media creators. And I'm so stoked to have her on the show today.
1: Thank you so much, oh my gosh. Um, what an introduction <laughs> I don't think most people that like know me in real life think I'm that cool like <laughs> it's um, it's it's new it's weird like well, I don't think if you knew anyone if anyone knew me like a year or two ago like would have ever thought like I would be this. <laughs> <laughs> this thing like <laughs> so
0: yeah it's great <laughs> yeah i want you to just first tell our followers like what is go green save green what is the story behind the name and your brand and the impact you're trying to make with your platform
1: okay so i guess the real origins of go green save green probably date back to 2017 that's when I saw the documentary what the health which I totally understand there's a lot of people that take like a lot of issue with like certain aspects of that documentary but one of the things that I really took away from that aside from like the veganism and stuff like that full disclosure I'm not fully vegan so sorry to disappoint but like we'll get into that later it's okay But, like, one of the things that I really took away was the impact of animal agriculture on, like, communities of color and, like, how unfair that was. And it really stuck to me that, like, these areas around animal agriculture are considered not nice areas. And when you think of, like, not nice areas, you certainly are not thinking about, like, white people. You're thinking Mm -hmm. about, like, people of color. And in the documentary, you see the health issues that Mm -hmm. they're faced because they're forced to live in these, like, lower income areas, even if they don't want to. So one of the lines that a woman in that documentary said that like really, really stuck out to me and probably was like a Kickstarter to like all of this was she said something like people don't think about others, like what the cost is to somebody else. As long as they get their slice of bacon, they don't Mm. care that, you know, it's harming other people because at the end of the day, all they want is their bacon and they don't care about like what happens to other people around them Mm. and to me I was like oh my god I don't want my choices to be making somebody else's life like worse you know and I understand that to a degree like we're in a system that like I can't control all that but like if I can actively you know try to make someone's life a little bit better like and it's in my power to do so. I'm gonna be the type of person that wants to do that. Mm. So after that, it was just a lot of me trying to make little zero waste swaps here and there. And like, it's just funny because I was actually cooking chicken like in a crock <laughs> pot while I was watching that, and I like. <laughs> Threw it all away. I was like, I can't do this. Like, this is horrible. Great timing. And and then, like, (laughs) and then I have not bought meat for my house, like, for Mm. me to prepare at home ever since. Uh, So, yeah, when it comes to me eating at home, I don't make meat. But when it comes to going out or somebody else's house, then that's when I will. Like, if it's someone else's culture or whatever, I'm not gonna say no. Because to me, the power of, like, veganism or, like, not buying meat is, like, not supporting that industry. Mm. So, like, if somebody's already bought it and already prepared it and the money's already there and you go to someone's house and it's, like, a cultural dish, there is no power in saying, like, no. Because, like, the money's already been spent. But, like, yeah, that's where my... Like, at least my veganism activism lies in. And so then after that, yeah, I was just doing all types of research and swaps. And I just kept talking to my roommates all the time. And I was like, yo, you should do this, you should do that. And then they were like, um, okay. And I started swapping a little bit. And I started inserting it to my friends and my boyfriend. And it was just like, always like i kind of wouldn't shut up about it and then they were like you should get like a youtube channel or like a youtube plot like you need some type of platform to share this and i was like nah like (laughs) i don't really want to do youtube that seems really expensive like a camera and like i'm really shy and like i don't i don't want to show my face like i'm really awkward what if somebody i know sees this and they're like what are you doing now (laughs) and then they were like well what if you did like an instagram and i was like Maybe. Like, that could work. Like, I don't need to have my face on it. Mm. Like, it could just be, you know, something else. And, like, it doesn't have to be, like, about me. It could just be spreading information. And, like, my identity can be kind of more hidden. Honestly, in the beginning, like... I'm so embarrassed to think about it now, but, like, my biggest shame was just, like, what if somebody I know sees that I'm doing this? Because, like, I'm dead serious. I was not, like, y- you don't have to have a background. You don't have to have hippie parents. You don't have to have mm. a background in this to start caring about it, like, mm. now. And, like, because I was never, I guess, I never had that identity growing up. This yeah. is, like, an identity that I've had to, like, grow into. Mm. And so, like, as I've been changing and as I've been more conscious, i I'm human and like you're aware like oh no like people that used to know me they're gonna be like what is she up to she's just like a hippie or now something you know and like I just I think sustainability shouldn't be like an identity marker I think sustainability should just a part of life you know yeah. like, like a goth girl could be sustainable uh, like a rocker could be sustainable like a uh, I don't know like a small town person could be sustainable exactly. it, it shouldn't it shouldn't be oh I'm a hippie I'm sustainable and that's my thing you know it should be like I think sustainability should be an overall change and so my first post was I think about bamboo toothbrushes because I was like I'm not gonna do about straws or cups or nothing like that like I want to do things that people don't talk about <laughs> and that was something that was really important to me was like getting past the quote-unquote like superstars of the zero waste movement, mm. which is like bags, coffee cups, straws, stuff like that. So I feel like that's kind of how it started. And then just every day I kept posting and it just like blew up from there. <laughs> yeah.
0: Wow. Amazing. And like saving money, why do you think that appeals to a broader audience, like your handle and your brand?
1: Um, Because most people obviously are now aware that like environmentalism is like an issue and they want to do something but something i've had to wrestle and reckon with is the fact that like change is slow and mm. people are not always like people are resistant to change mm. so one of the most effective ways to get someone to change is if you show like oh You're gonna save money. Like, this is positive. This benefits you in some way. And, like, Mm. I can't guarantee that, like, somebody's gonna care about the environment or care about the well being of animals or care about the well being of people that they don't see that effect. Mm. But I can almost always guarantee that, like, somebody's gonna care about having more money in their wallet so to me it just seems like the most common denominator money is something we all need we all struggle with we all want more of or need more of or you know want to save so to me it was like okay a safety razor you know instead of buying super expensive disposable all the time yeah the safety razor is a little bit more upfront, but like the cost that you save you know or like a menstrual cup, it just seemed like oh these are ways where you're like i could kind of push the angle on somebody who might not consider themselves eco-friendly like Mm. hey and i don't even have to bring up eco-friendliness like i think i tricked my grandma into like (laughs) doing things because she does not care about the environment so with my grandma i was like hey grandma if you buy this you'll save money and then she was like oh cool and then she just did it and i didn't mention environmentalism Mm. and it it was like an easier way to do it with like less fighting you know because if you can bring something up to somebody and say save money save that green they're gonna be like oh okay cool but if you try to like push a quote-unquote agenda yeah that's when people are like leave me alone i don't that's not what i want to be a part of blah 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 you know so
0: in a way do you feel like when you watch what the hell do you feel like you had an open mind like you were raised with being a pretty open-minded person around these things like if you could really pinpoint like why do you feel like you were able to be convinced to make that change, to throw that chicken out of that crock pot. Oh
1: man, I'm so embarrassed what I'm about to admit. Okay. No admit it. Say it. So the only reason I saw that documentary in the first place, this the, watching that documentary hundred percent was the change like the turning point because I had already kind of <laughs> had little like things here and there, like, oh man, the environment's worse. I had read so many reviews on it. There were so many memes, so many tweets, so mm. many articles about like how wrong it was and how it was super outrageous and mm. like it seemed like every single thing I read about this documentary was just tearing it down, trashing it. So me and my roommate saw it. And we were gonna turn it into a drinking game. We were gonna be like, every time they say something ridiculous, we're gonna take a shot. Because we were just like bored on a summer day and we're like, why not? Whenever. Like, and then like we we started watching it and we started realizing like, holy shit, this guy's making sense. Like about a lot of things. And like while there was definite things where we were like, eh, kinda like questionable, it seemed like there was a lot of good information in there that like I just wanna say we didn't take a single shot. Like, we we literally, like, it never happened. Like, we we went in with the intent of making fun of it. And we totally went out, like, this is wild. And, like, all three of us started becoming more plant-based, like, that day, you know? Wow. Yeah, I mean, it, it went at different levels. We didn't all go at the same rate. But, yeah, we started definitely eating, like, less meat collectively. And, like, I definitely, you know, have a lot to thank them and owe them for because you know they were very much like a support system for me and they definitely were like oh Ariel this is something you want to do even if they didn't necessarily like go all in with me they were always like you do what you want to do I support you Mm -hmm. like I got your back you know
0: yeah, I think that's so important when we're fed a lot of this media and this information about environmental issues. We don't exactly know we don't exactly know what to do with that information. Sometimes it just feels so intense and so extreme to where like you don't exactly know where to take action and it, it's really cool that you took that information and instead channeled it into like how can I change my lifestyle moving forward.
1: Yeah, and like another good like another really propelling reason for me to start my Instagram, it wasn't just my roommate saying like you should have a platform it was me not feeling like I was enough like Mm. I started making changes but like the people around me weren't I would constantly tell Mm. them hey you can do this hey you can do that and they weren't changing and so I started feeling really discouraged and I started feeling like well what does it matter if I'm changing if like literally everybody around me isn't like it doesn't matter and so then I was like well maybe if I can convince more people to like make some change or something that would be awesome and so like it wasn't just them saying like you should do this it was me feeling like my change alone was like inadequate so that was like Probably the biggest force in me starting it was that I was hoping that it would reach somebody out there and somebody would do something. My personal Instagram has like less than 350 followers. So like now that I'm at 30,000, I never thought it was gonna be that big. When I hit like 400, I was like, Like I felt like hot shit. I was so excited. It was amazing. That's not why I started.
0: Yeah. And now, like, (laughs) every day I see new posts. And you have just, like, a diverse array of content. You make memes. Mm -hmm. You make infographics. You have articles you repost. You have just, like, awesome like thought leaders that you really admire that you like share their content Mm -hmm. so I'm just curious like what is your methodology when you wake up in the morning and you have all this information you're like tracking hashtags or whatever you do Mm -hmm. to like get get getting your articles or your sources what is your thinking process behind like okay this article is really going to get people to care about environmental issues or this picture, this meme. Like, Mm -hmm. I want to know if you could share that with our listeners.
1: Yeah, okay. So, articles... I would probably divide them into like three types of articles that I post. One, current events, like when the UN releases reports, when there's like studies that are done that get released. I like to keep people up to date with that because I think understanding the current state of things. My Instagram has to balance between fear and hope. And I have to get people scared enough to change, but hopeful enough to not be like, what's the point? So there's definitely like, this is what's happening right now. This is the state of things and this is what we have to deal with. Then there's the definitions. Then when I talk about things like environmental racism, environmental justice, white veganism, equity versus equality and why that matters, or like how how the environmental issues affect more people of color than like non-people of color, you know? So it's like, there's definitions and like base knowledge that you need in order to like continue to have these conversations with people who might not have like a background in it, just mm-hmm. like I didn't. Like everything that I'm learning and have learned, and am in the process of learning, I'm just sharing that with you guys. Mm. So it's not that I'm necessarily an expert. I'm learning just as much as like you guys are, and like as I'm learning, I'm sharing. That's the difference between like me and somebody else who researches something. <laughs> when they research something, just keep it to themselves. When I research, research something, I <laughs> screenshot it and post it online. (laughs) Um, And then the last set of articles I would do is just, like, the swaps. So it's, like, if I do safety razors, there's, like, this is why safety razors, you know, save, like all the production of the plastic or the disposable ones. You can recycle the blades. This is the math. This is how much money you save. Mm. If you you shave uh, this many times per week, you're going to go through your razor this quickly. You're going to save X amount of money. And at the end of the day, you know, you're going to not only save the planet, but save your wallet. So Mm. like those types of things are like, you know, how to compost. The memes, the memes are probably what most people come for initially they're easily the ones that get the most likes the most shares the most comments and stuff like that memes are obviously relatable they're funny they're witty they're quick or they're not too deep they're pretty shallow and like people you know are like haha the environment sucks but also kind of low-key scared so like <laughs> i should see what this page is about you know so then I would definitely divide it into that. And then infographics are nice because not everyone all the time has the time to read an article. So sometimes it's just nice to give out quick information for somebody who might be like, oh, I'm on the elevator about to go to a meeting. Mm. Uh, but like, look, look, I found this quick infographic. tells me like X, Y, Z, and I learned about this, this, and that really fast, you know? Mm. So it's definitely like a balance between like good, bad, funny, serious, mm in-depth information quick information it's just like trying to reach every single audience person that I can like however much time however much deep you know and I recognize that not everything I post is for every single follower so that's why I post it all hoping that like something out there is for someone
0: <laughs> Hmm. something out there is for someone
1: I love that concept yeah. and then oh also when I think about what type of articles I'm posting it's really really important to me that one the article is like interesting. It has to be something that people are going to care about. I I can't talk about things that like I can't talk about boring boring topics. Sometimes I have <laughs> sometimes I have to discuss them, but I have to try to find articles that are not just interesting, but written in a way that's like accessible and tangible. If I if I try to throw out articles that are not like news articles, but like dissertations no one's gonna want to read a dissertation (laughs) and like yeah like I can't post a scientific study exactly how it is but I can post a news article that summarizes that study and tells you the bullet points that you need to know Mm. so it's like finding something that is one written interestingly two written in a way that like almost anybody can understand and then three is like kind of explains like this is why you should care and this is why this needs to be discussed in the first place. Mm. So that definitely like matters to me.
0: How do you define like accessible environmental content? I know you've already kind of have described it, but like Uh I'm wondering like two things, like how do you define accessible environmental content and two, like how do you feel creating this platform has allowed Mm. you to, in your own way, become an environmental activist?
1: let's see accessible environmental content i'd probably mentally define it in two different ways which is probably horrible i probably need two different definite two different <laughs> words for this but there's definitely like one okay if i if i tell you everybody should be driving like electric cars first off that's not accessible to everybody because like just you know, not everyone can afford a new car much less an electric car and so that in and it of itself is like not necessarily like good advice it's kind of a band-aid option but it for it ignores the nuances that people deal with in their life and it ignores the fact that like not everyone is in a position where one they have like the access to even take out a loan hmm. they have access to borrow money they have access to even put some of their car like some people can't even just like get another car because it's like they don't have a parking spot on the street for it or something you know but then two, so it's like about giving practical advice. Like there's easy advice like that, buy electric car, buy solar panels. <laughs> and then there's like practical advice, which like really you know, helps people that can't necessarily buy solar panels and electric cars like or new shower heads or water ser- like water conserving household like appliances and stuff like that. And then the other way I define like in- accessible environmental content is probably also just finding content that like most people can relate to so it's not about doing research to things that people care about maybe not everybody cares about like what the pavement is made out of in the streets and how like the effect (laughs) of concrete and cement like you know what effect that has on the environment but you know people care about things like oh, like, ghost nets? Ghost nets are, like, hurting animals when fishermen leave nets behind that, like, crushes animals. And so, like, if I'm buying seafood, I'm creating that demand and stuff Mm. like, you know? It's, like, finding things that people feel like they can actually impact. Mm.
0: That's so good. I love (laughs) that. I'm wondering, do you ever receive any criticism from people Like, cause you just said you make content, Mm -hmm. there's something for everyone. Uh, Do you ever get criticism from some of your followers that are like, that content's not for me?
1: And like, what does that look like and how do you respond to that? Oh my gosh, I, I do. And sometimes I do feel bad. And then other times, like it just drives me crazy because at the end of the day, we all need to realize saving the environment is not going to be free it wasn't free for us to fuck it up and it's not going to be free for us to fix Mm, it mm -hmm. so i understand 100 percent, like accessibility and that not everyone can afford everything and like not everything is going to be like even available in your area for you to acquire but there's definitely a line between like oh i'm this is not accessible to me for whatever reason versus like I'm using the fact that like, I can't do it as a crush for why I can't do anything. And like, when, you, when I'm putting information out there, I 100% know that not every piece of information I put out there is going to be useful to every single person that follows me. However, I am not going to stop posting information because it's not accessible to some people. I'm going to continue to post information. I post about things that even I can't do or even I can't afford or I cannot acquire for whatever reason. So I'm not going to not put it out there just because I can't do it. I'm going to put it out there because I recognize that like all my followers are financially in a different place and not even just financially but just like capability wise accessibility wise like able body wise and stuff like that and you know what if like i can put something out there that helps somebody else even if it's not me who am i to like not be the i don't know gatekeeper of that information you know mm. and so it's it's really frustrating when people like i used to have this one girl who constantly commented on every single thing she couldn't do and it drove me crazy because i was like i'm sorry that like this isn't Like working for you But I'm not gonna stop Putting it out there Because there's obviously So many other people That this is helpful for And I'm really sorry That like financially She would always say That she was like Too poor and stuff like that And it's like I get it like I'm an art degree. Like, I have an art degree in, like, 2019. Like, it's hard out here for, like, an an art-degree millennial, you know? But, like, so I totally get financial stuff, but, you know, it's not, it doesn't cost you money to bring your own utensils when you go out to eat. It doesn't cost you money to pick up trash when you see it. It doesn't cost you money to, like, you know, talk to people in your lives to, like, change the things that they can change, you know? Mm -hmm. There's definitely things that you can do for free. And one of the biggest things out there is, like, educating others around you
0: Hmm. and i just think in general like if you're on instagram you have access to internet you're aware of this platform go green save green i think in general it's great that like people are bringing up critiques about accessibility of course because otherwise we're allowing you know the we're allowing people that like did cause a lot of these problems to get mm-hmm. kind of like a free safety pass where we're like okay like we're not going to talk about the systemic causes of why why we need plastic straws who cause that mm-hmm. like why do we need to move from fossil fuels who caused that like yeah. i think in general like there i i totally hear that critique from people And I myself had that critique for a long time where I felt like just doing individual swaps didn't mean much. Okay, I'm doing these individual swaps, but you're not really addressing like these businesses or these corporations or these individuals who do have like the wealth and the access and the resources who caused this destruction in the first place. And now we have, like, low-income people that have to, like, come together and try to, like, resolve it. I think it's, like, a weird in-between to try to, like, figure out how to bring people in and not ignore those broader systemic issues. Yeah. Because you don't want people to feel hopeless, but you also don't want it to be, like, you low-income person of color you need to feel bad because you can't make these individual swaps and like blah 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 I think it is like that balance and I think that like your content operates right in that like sweet spot but like gray zone Mm -hmm. where like you're providing content for everyone and I think that that allows a space for both like those like low-income folks who really like want to get involved but just like feel like it's really inaccessible but you're like no hey let me hold your hand Yeah. but then you're also like white privileged people who do have access you're like hey did you know about these things are you aware you need to check yourself too so I think it's great because we need people that are that are creating the container
1: Mm -hmm. for both of those realities to exist yeah and I mean like when people talk about like, oh, it's in, it's not individuals, it's giant corporations. You know, what? 100%, you're right. Look at Greta. Greta Thunberg, like, she is amazing. She's literally like, what, a 15-year-old girl who like just stopped going to school and she literally started a worldwide revolution. And like, her own parents, like, I don't know how, you know, how much you know about her backstory, but like, she's talked about how like her own parents didn't even back her up. They were just like not approving at all, they would get mad at her, and she'd be like, no, I need to sit out in front of, like, my parliament, and I need to, you know, discuss and talk about, like, why I'm doing this, and now, literally, people around the world are, like, striking, and so, you know, that 15-year-old girl, most people don't expect 15-year-old girls, like, much out of them, you know, but she, like, changed everything about that, you know, and even if you're, like, well, what is my individual getting swap gonna do like so what I bought a bamboo toothbrush that's not gonna stop like Colgate from like making (laughs) toothbrushes no but you know what it is going to do is it's gonna take money away from Colgate and you're every time you spend money on something that's like Hmm. sustainably sourced sustainably made it's like compostable biodegradable, whatever a more eco-friendly version of something you are casting your vote into what type of world you want Mm -hmm. and like corporations at the end of the day they want your money they want your business and they will change in order to like Mm -hmm cater to what people say they want. If you want something and you start spending your money elsewhere, they're going to want to get in on that. There's a reason why like vegan options are being introduced at fast food restaurants. And it's not because like (laughs) they'd suddenly gained a conscience. It's because people started demanding that veganism grow. And it started demanding that like, this is something we want. This is something we want. Like KFC, KFC (laughs) is literally all meat. And, like, they are providing vegan options. That's not because KFC suddenly your conscious. It's because people are out there constantly saying, like, this is what we want. This is what we need. Whether you tweet, whether you write your senator, write your congressperson, call them, post people and post things from companies and call them out, you know? Spend your money in somewhere, like, that you believe in. When you have to, like, make your voice heard in order to change these corporations. So, like, you can't... 100% dismiss like you know Mm. every single time we've had a revolutionary thinker or something like that social change it's because individuals are like pushing for it
0: right and I I think in general like when we're creating a culture shift and we're creating movements like we need people that are constantly challenging the dominant narrative I think when we're talking about like making the climate movement happen and bringing more people into it like at the end of the day we don't quote unquote need everyone but we do need like the right people and we need a significant portion of the population to care about this to shift the culture to where like it needs to be for us to actually be like back in harmony with planet and Mm -hmm. nature and i think that yeah it's a difficult balance because i i do see both sides where i'm like individuals only seeing like that person, like, seeing that figurehead of, like, a movement and just being, like, okay, like, I'm inspired by that person, but, like, oh, they are taking care of it. Mm -hmm. Like, I know plenty of people that are, like, oh, well, there's that Swedish girl doing that thing. It's, like, well... That's somebody
1: else's problem. That's someone else's
0: problem. Like, that's, you know, I... My community is, like, struggling with this stuff. That's that's just not on our agenda. Mm -hmm. So I think it is this this interesting thing where we have to take concepts like individual swaps or individual culture change like that we want to push forward but we also need to be like thinking about the people that are not being
1: included in this that's 100% why one of my biggest tips is like one of the best things you can do is like educate those around you because look I'm a perfect example. I started my Instagram account because I... I literally started because I felt like my individual swaps were not enough. That is 100% why I said earlier, ah, like, I was watching all these people around me, and they were still doing that, and it was so what that I started buying better things? But, like, now I have over 30,000 followers that are, like, learning and reading, and, like, you know, I ask them, what are you doing? And they tell me, like, I've done this, I've done that, and, like, you know, I, I it's not just me anymore. Like it's, it's not, it's like me plus 30,000 other people that are like trying to make those changes that, I've been gaining a thousand followers a week. And if I, by the end of the year, semest- er, semester, semester, <laughs> by the end of the year, I've gained over 50,000 followers, you know, that's not a small number. And like, if that's, if that growth continues, you know, like if I start telling people and I start becoming an influence, you know, companies are going to have to start listening that like people out there putting information, putting out better alternatives. And when mm. people become educated about a better thing, they're going to want that. And that's where that change starts to happen. Mm. It's not that I started doing it alone. it's that I used my voice and i started creating a platform to like inform everyone around me mm. so that's kind of like where the line is drawn i 100 percent could not by myself take on like chevron but like if i had like millions and millions and millions of people behind me and like the right people like you said earlier behind me like then that's when change happens you know but like an individual is just like a spark
0: hmm I love that. It's a spark we need, people. (laughs) Yeah. want to know, like, has there been any content where, like, you've put out that you've really seen individuals be like, I'm going to bring this back into my real life, like, or they've messaged Mm -hmm. you. Like, could you offer some examples of
1: that? Yeah. So every so often, probably about maybe like once a month or so, maybe once every few weeks, I always put a post out like hey what are the changes you guys have been making in your life i'll even, i'll ask like what's your favorite swap? what's your easiest swap what's your hardest swap what's your least favorite swap you know what are you struggling with or like hey i'll ask people have you how have you gotten those around you to change you know or like I'll i blatantly put out a post that says tell me what you're doing tell me what you're changing tell me how you're educating others and like I'll start conversations and the thing my favorite thing about those posts is that like I love when I have like 70 80 comments of people like oh I did this oh I got my mom to do this I got my grandpa to do this and like oh I showed so and so your post and like because of that they started changing this I started getting my office to recycle more and stuff like that and the thing that really excites me after that is when somebody says hey my mom is having a hard time doing this I can't convince my brother to do this and stuff like that and then other people people will say I had a similar issue and this is how I tackled it because then it's not just me it's like creating that network of people that are like oh see your problem isn't just your problem I did the same thing and I can help you with that Hmm, that's
0: amazing what what would you say are like the top five swaps that like
1: listeners should know about that could really save them some money first off if you're a lady out there menstrual uh, cups or, like, cloth pads. Um, I bought a menstrual cup probably, like, two years ago, and the only time I had to replace it was my aunt's dog went into my suitcase and <laughs> tore it up. I don't know why she did that. Oh, my she, God. She, like, dove into my suitcase, so and then I, like, way. showed up, and it was just in pieces everywhere, and I was like, what is this? Oh, so as long as there's, like, not, like, a dog... Uh, attacking it it'll last you like 10 years and you pay like anywhere between like 25 to like 45 up front but i mean 20 25 for 10 years is like what how much like two bucks a year or something like that even if it's 45 four dollars a year like that's insane second thing that i would suggest would probably be safety razors because like i said by like the razor i think for me i ended up Buying like a $15 razor and then you can always get like 100 blades for 10 bucks and 100 blades for 10 bucks should probably last you anywhere between depending how often you shave anywhere between like a year to four years like it plus they're like double sided so the razor itself will last you basically the rest of your life. And you can get them from anywhere between 15 to like 100-something bucks if you want to get really fancy. So how much you spend on the razor, totally up to you. <laughs> but the blades, yeah, are double-edged and they're really, really sharp and they get like a really close shave. So they save you money. Like if I spent 15 on my razor blade, or on my razor, 10 on the blades, 5 on like a little stand for it, and then 5 on like a little blade bank which is just like a piggy bank but for old blades and then you can recycle them after that i would probably say switching to shampoo bars is pretty good i feel like a shampoo bar will last you a little bit longer depending on where you live or and stuff they might be more expensive um but I mean, a bar of soap lasts a bit longer than, like, liquid... I mean, liquid shampoo is, like, 60% water. It's ridiculous, so it's, like... <laughs> I never knew that. Yeah, it's, like, it's like more than half water. Oh, shit. Sure. So, like, if you're, like, wondering for a reason why you should switch to a bar whatever you're paying for the shampoo a chunk of it is water <laughs> oh, so like you there's definitely gonna be trial and error as to like what what bar works for you and your hair and like i definitely recognize different people have different hair and you're gonna have to like i'd have figure, to use, like five <laughs> yeah you're gonna have to figure out like what which one but like once you figure that out i got a shampoo bar for like three dollars and 50 cents it's like and like i tried to get one that was like shampoo and conditioner i know shampoo conditioner bought liquid doesn't work so well but i was, I was just curious I was like it's three bucks like I would be interested to see like how shampoo conditioner bar works and then I would also <laughs> say like ooh, if you can go bulk shopping that's definitely like a sa- like a money saver because you just bring your own containers and then you're literally just buying the products and usually it's like cheaper if you just buy the product mm. without packaging than like if you don't and on that note like you should totally get reusable produce bags because mm. these places might offer plastic bags but and you don't even have to buy them you can make them if you have a sewing machine or if you can sew by hand you just cut a piece of fat like a rectangular piece of fabric fold that bitch in half and then like <laughs> sew away you know I, I made a bunch and it took me like an hour if that like I just made a bunch and started giving them out yeah. to people you know <laughs> and then maybe like the last thing I would suggest is buying non-processed um, foods because people say like veganism and vegetarianism is like really expensive it actually if you're buying like raw fruits and veggies and you're kind of like working from scratch it's pretty accessible like fruits and vegetables can be really really cheap it definitely requires a big change from you to be like oh okay i'm not gonna be buying like chips and crackers and all that stuff like that because those things are kind of more expensive Mm -hmm. for like what you're getting, Mm -hmm. but like vegetables and bulk food items and stuff like that, like those things can be a lot cheaper and like you a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah, And frozen foods also, you know? So I would say really pay attention to like what you're spending your money on food wise, because people always make these assumptions about what is and isn't more expensive. But like if you just really kind of sit down and like think about it for a little bit, you can save some money while grocery shopping and like being healthier I mean, the accessibility of that is another conversation. Yeah. But, like, if you have the ability to do so. Can,
0: if you can actually have a grocery store in your, like, neighborhood. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. I, I think, yeah, I think a lot of these swaps and things like that, I think it definitely is rooted in a conversation of just thinking about, like, the lifespan of, like, an object. Where does that object come from? How is it consumed? Where is it going to end up after its life is done? Is it going to yeah. end up in your small intestines? Is it going to end up in the landfill? Is it going to end up in your backyard? Mm-hmm. Is it going to end up down the street in a gutter into the ocean? I think thinking in those terms is a lot easier for people um, because I think, like even in my own life, like my own parents, not to hate on you parents, uh, they still use plastic water bottles. Oh, and,
1: hate on
0: them. <laughs> and use get, the public peer pressure. And they tell, they tell me, you know, it's like we just don't exactly know. We were raised on convenience. We were raised on these habits of mm-hmm. like, this is how it this is how quote unquote life is, or this is how the world mm-hmm. works. And it's like, people are really stubborn. Mm-hmm. So it's this question of like, you could present people these options. You have this information out there. It, it is that interesting question of like, how much does it take for a trend to occur to actually get people to be like, all right, I need to get on this. I need to switch my mindset and how I've lived my life up to
1: this point. I heard this interesting quote once that I don't know how true it is or who said it or anything like that. I just remember hearing it and being like, That's interesting and it said if you can get ten percent of the population to change, everybody else will follow. Mm. So if you can get yeah, and I think that's what you're starting I think it it wasn't it was in reference to veganism, but like I think it's also happening just on the broader environmental scale. Like if you can get ten percent of people to become more aware of it, then Yeah, like, everybody will start changing. Because 10% is actually a huge amount. It's a good
0: amount of people. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, and I I feel like, especially in the U.S., where, like, climate change and environmental issues, yeah, there's, like, some headlines, but it's, like, we have to dig, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, as environmental media creators, like, we're literally digging for this information to make it, like, pop in for people. And it's slowly breaking into the mainstream because of, like these youth climate strikes around the world but it's mm-hmm. still like we need so many people to be doing that we can't just be like okay there's people out there like spreading the good word like yeah that's why I think things like social media and what you're doing like I feel like people need to like have avenues to take an issue that they're like thinking about related to the environment start like finding accounts or people they could follow and like start generating those conversations. That's why Mm -hmm. I think, like, the fact that you're even sitting next to me is because of social media, right? Yeah. And I think that, like, when we're thinking about building a broader movement to get people to care about these things, I think social media is, like, our last frontier of democracy in some ways to really allow people to, like, hop on and build those relationships a lot faster. Because I think some people Mm -hmm. are like, oh... Habitual social change—it's so slow, but it's like no, we have the technology and we have like the the youth and the spunk yeah to like accelerate that ten times the speed. Mm-hmm. And like, I think that because we have access to this, even though like what we have like eleven years left now, like the yeah. the timer's on. But I think when we're thinking about pulling people in, I think what you're doing with, like, these individual swaps, while some people can be like, that's just privilege and, like, no one can Mm -hmm. access that. No one's going to do that. It's like, that is totally true to a point, but it's also, like, in order for those of us that do have the access and the privilege to be able to make those lifestyle changes, we're creating an open space for, in general, like, the overall culture to shift mm-hmm. to overall help others that don't have that access to, you know what yeah. I mean? It has to be a constant shift of like people with power and privilege continuing to make the good, right choices mm-hmm. and also wanting to lift up and liberate the people that are at the bottom. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think a lot of times people get to here, get, uh, get up there And then they just continue to be wasteful in some ways. You know what I mean? Yeah. They don't don't think about that. They don't think about, you know, shifting, shifting, like turning the tides. And I think in order for those tides to be turned, there needs to be like a collective message sent Mm -hmm. to the people in roles of power that like, no, we're not messing around here anymore. Like you're grandmother, your daughter, your niece, mm-hmm. your neighbor, your firefighter, like, people are, like, talking about this and, like, actually feasibly see it. So, like, that was the the conversation I had with my parents was, like, I told them, well, what would convince you to use, like, a reusable bottle? Because mm-hmm. they're, like, well, yeah, we understand that that's the start. Like, we need to just yeah. start at least with this individual swap. Then we can learn more about the crazy stuff you do. Yeah. And, What's amazing is, like, I finally explained to them. I was like, this is how a reusable water bottle works. This is why it could be convenient for you. This Mm -hmm. is literally how you use it. Like, And it's wild to me because I realize a lot of people are still back there. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're thinking about all these, like, advanced, like, swap, swap, swap. But it's like some people are like, I don't even understand why do I need a care that ends up in a landfill?
1: Like, what happens? Isn't that the point of a landfill? Isn't that the
0: point of a landfill? Like, people don't even think about these things. So I think that what's interesting is, like, my parents don't use reusable water balls yet. Mm -hmm. They're getting there. But like they came to like a climate march that I helped organize and like they've been very well engaged with like my climate change activism Mm -hmm. and they really want to care but don't have practical ways to like engage. And I think that's exactly why things like social media and like things like individual swaps and the content you put out is so important because it's giving people that bridge mm-hmm. like you can have all the passion and the purpose and the care in the world but if you don't have an actual practical bridge that you can like take actual tangible one through five steps and tell five other people about it that's mm-hmm. really hard
1: yeah and that's something that I like to operate on my page is like I wanna I realize that like oh I had asked my boyfriend once like what he if there was something that he because i needed help once i was like i don't know what to post today blah blah blah. and i was like is there something that you've ever wanted to know and he was like what are microplastics and i looked at him and i was like my boyfriend doesn't know what a microplastic is and i was like in shock i was like how has this happened like how how could this be and then i was like wait but like i guess i never gave that definition i never talked Mm. about why little pieces of plastic matter and When you think about little pieces of plastic, they don't seem very dangerous. It seems like a very innocuous thing. And that's the problem is that, like, we're not aware, like, why these things are a problem in the first place. And so that's what my page hopes to do is, like, not just tell you this is what you need to change. But it's, like, this is a problem. This is why it's a problem. This is why you should care it's a problem. And this is what you can do to do something about it. Mm. Because it's, like not everyone knows those like little things and like i said if they seem really innocent why does it matter
0: Mm, exactly how do you feel like we can move these conversations from individual swaps uh into like these deeper systemic conversations around environmental racism justice and voting these things Mm -hmm. that will address these like bigger systems uh, because I see a lot of Instagram influencers outside of yourself um, who promote lifestyle changes and environmental issues, but that can sometimes be a little bit dangerous when we're not addressing the root causes mm-hmm. of, of why those things happen in the first place. And I know that, like, we've been talking about this a lot in this episode, but I'm just wondering, like, from your perspective of the content you put out, like, mm-hmm. I've seen some of your individual swap posts get, like, crazy engagement but then you Mm -hmm. make a post about like environmental racism or social justice and that gets like significantly less engagement yeah so I'm wondering like how have you reconciled that or like are starting to like figure that out
1: so um I do want to talk about broader issues like you know environmental racism environmental justice and stuff like that and I think you know The place that these individual swaps turn into these systematic things is like, okay, so right now, communities of color, they are not aware that there are better options out there, right? So the first step Mm. is, of course, to educate them that there's a better option out there so once enough people get educated there's going to be a demand for that and if that demand is not accessible that's when people get mad and that's when people say we want to be a part of this we Mm. want to do this and we can't afford it we can't do something like this Mm. and like i said every change has to start with like a voice so these people cannot demand systematic change if they're not even aware that like Mm. it's something that needs to happen Mm -hmm. so it's definitely like right now as far as awareness of like oh being more eco friendly that's there the next step of awareness is like the systematic changes that need to happen. And the only way that those systematic changes can be obvious to everybody Mm. is if I tell them, you guys should swap XYZ, because if you do XYZ, Mm. you're going to be able to create that demand. But if they're Mm. not able to create that demand, they're going to get really (laughs) mad. And if they're going to get really mad, then the corporations are going to get called out. And if the corporations get called out, then they're going to be put in a bad light. And if they're put in a bad light, they're going to start losing money. (laughs) And if they start losing money, they're going to have to change, you know? (laughs) So it's like, you have to educate people. What are those swaps? What are, because it's... It's not. It's not as. It's not as simple as like this is an individual swap. That's yeah. it. It's like no. I'm creating a demand for a product, and if you, mm. it comes down to basic like supply and demand, and so it's like basically <laughs> those little individual swaps. If you're only catering to like an audience that can afford them, yeah, you're not gonna do anything. But if you're talking to people that like don't have accessibility to it and then a larger conversation start and that's where people who have privilege have to step in because Mm -hmm. these underserved communities, they can scream and shout all they want but they're underserved for a reason. Nobody wants to listen to them. So that's where the intersections of like intersectional feminism or intersectional allyism, you know, that's where that comes into play where like these Mm -hmm. people want something, you create that demand, you create them wanting something and then other people that are in a position to like make that change Have to kind of speak up So it's not a clear cut Oh I'm buying a toothbrush And now the problem is solved It's like we all want to buy toothbrushes We can't afford toothbrushes Toothbrushes are like a basic right we, we, Why do we have to be put in a position Where we're polluting the environment mm. And then like mm-hmm. you kind of Nobody can do it all by themselves So we're going to need people in the future That are in privileged places Or like privileged areas of their lives To be able to be like hey, guys, we should help these groups of people out. Because mm. this issue, the environmental issue, is going to affect everybody. Like, I'm thinking about, like, what what do swaps matter? What do systemic changes matter? Like, the systemic changes start with the swaps. And, like, they start mm. with the demand. And they start with people getting angry that, like, they can't do things. And it starts with people getting angry that they feel like, what am I supposed to do about this? <laughs> right. No, that's,
0: that's super real. I think that's something that, like, I think about every single day <laughs> and your platform reminds me of that a big part of brown girl green is about self-care as uh, people of color in the environmental industry and uh, for me of course like I think creating this content is valuable it's purposeful it's amazing but it can really like wear you down sometimes when like maybe your post doesn't engage as well or maybe like you don't know if you're making the impact you want to make Mm -hmm. and you're kind of I don't know swimming into waters that you don't know what's going to bite you (laughs) Uh, and I'm just wondering like when taking care of your own mental health and maybe even dealing with some haters on your platform Mm -hmm. how do you cope with that?
1: One thing that I've discussed in the past or whatever is something that I think has helped shield me that at the time when I made this decision I didn't necessarily think about think it through fully is that my page is not based on my identity so even though you can very much hear my voice and hear my perspective and hear what i have to say you know there is my identity in the sense that like oh this person definitely is thinking for themselves but it's not wrapped up in like i'm a mexican girl trying to do these things it's just i'm somebody out there trying to do them so when i do have haters and trolls i think one of the things that helps me is because i was so like i don't want to show my face i don't want to give too much about who i am and stuff like that Mm. it kind of helps because when random people come on my page and like troll me or whatever um they don't really have like anything to grab onto they Mm. they don't really have any personal attacks they can do they don't like and anything they say i'm just it kind of rolls off my back like i'm Mm. just like well you don't know me like whatever yeah and then also I mean I'm also aware that like certain people like sometimes if I get I mean I think most of the times when I get trolls like I look at their profile so like I definitely am like who is this person and then like you know when I see like a lot of the people that are the type of people to troll I'm just like at the end of the day, I don't really give a shit about your opinion. Like, I don't, I don't care. Like, you're not the type of person that like is making change. You're not the type of person who's influencing, you know, like if somebody, you know, like really influential was like, you know, you're not doing good. I would be like, Oh crap. But like, (laughs) you know, if the type of people that are like attacking me are like, white guys playing video games and just like calling insulting everything that comes their way because that's their idea of being a man is just being aggressive all the time like (laughs) thank you next like what's that you know um and like i'm starting to show my face more and i'm starting to tie my identity in more but i'm hoping that like getting to know me is not the same as like my instagram being me Mm -hmm. and like I admire people who are, like, these are my lifestyle changes. This is my life. And giving a window into, like, how they mm-hmm. live their lives because I recognize that that's, like, super vulnerable. And in some <laughs> ways, like, in some ways, I kind of do hide behind my Instagram because I'm just like, oh, man, I'm putting this information out there. And, like, I might put an occasional story, a selfie on my story to be like, what's up, guys? Or it might go live sometimes. But, you know, I'm not exposing myself to, like, <laughs> yeah. people who don't even, aren't even interested. And so like, I definitely, like, Like don't face those challenges. But the only thing I can offer is like, you know, if you are that type of person that like puts all their life out there and stuff like that, (laughs) I would say like look at the people that are insulting you and ask yourself if their opinion really matters. Mm. Like are they gonna are they change makers? If they're not change makers, they're complacent. And if they're complacent, are you gonna allow somebody that's complacent to tell you how to like live your life, you know? (laughs) Hell yeah yeah I think I've been dealing with some internet trolls
0: uh on my platform recently so I I appreciate that assurance I think I've definitely like been like you know what no I want to step into some boss ass bitch power yeah and you just gotta like own it because it's like at the end of the day if like that's your platform that's your brand you're gonna own it you know what I mean and if that's the impact you want to make you gotta just own it yeah um while well, taking care of yourself and setting boundaries but i think like you know what that is and if you really like know yourself you're gonna know how to like figure out how to just like shut that stuff mm-hmm. off as much as possible but um yeah along with like the impact of your platform but like quote-unquote hiding behind it, <laughs> but at the same time like mm-hmm. it's without a doubt like you are kind of like growing no you are growing up <laughs> a big-ass platform i i just want to know like that feels like a lot of responsibility in some ways like you are in a way like giving people a lot of information that they're like trusting that they're Mm -hmm. relying on so i'm just wondering like do you ever find yourself in situations where like you feel like you have to have all the answers and like how do you when you don't have all the answers like how do you address that to your followers if anything
1: um I do feel a huge level of like responsibility you know when people are like sharing stuff that i'm putting out there so you know i try not to i try to get things from more reputable sources i try to you know hit up like new york times or like you know the huffington post or like you know i try to find like websites that are like based on like environmental like initiatives and stuff like that you know and like i try not to just kind of hit up like super like super super like left-leaning extreme like websites i try not to hit up like mommy blogs too often i try not (laughs) like i you know i try not to like just hear people that are like just talking about their opinion because Mm -hmm. i'm already talking about my opinion so Mm. if i'm gonna give my opinion i try to find things that are like more factually based and like i'm definitely scared for the day that like i post something that's either like not right or like Mm. in like outdated or like that's like just kind of blatantly wrong and i'm just like oh no but i mean (laughs) it hasn't happened yet (laughs) it hasn't happened yet and i'm i'm so scared like the day that it happens just know i am going to be like in panic mode damage control like oh my god i'm gonna be stressed um but i mean as far as like um how do i deal with that um I think I deal with it, like, okay. I think it's, like, not too, too bad. And then, wait, what was the second part of the question of? Just, like, if you see your followers fighting
0: over something or, like, you see something really intense happening, like, it is your platform. Like, how are you you handling and managing that form of power that you have?
1: (laughs) Oh, man. Okay, so when I see people fighting, um, I kind of... Sometimes I have so many notifications that I don't see the fight until well after it's (laughs) over. Sometimes I literally don't even see it until like later at the end of the day when I'm like, okay, what's going on? And I'll be like, oh my God. And I look over the comments and stuff. And then I'm like, ah, this whole ass fight broke out. Other times, um, if people start like, if people are like debating things and talking amongst themselves, you know, I kind of let that be because I'm trying to create a space for that conversation. However, once it becomes like, non-conducive as soon as somebody starts hurling insults as soon as somebody's like well you're stupid blah 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 like that's when i'm just that's kind of more when i like step in and i'm like yo like cooler and i'll be honest you know like if i see like a debate happening and like i i see somebody that just starts like throwing names around and it's a like, very clear that they're there just to stir shit up i just block them because i'm like that conversation is not conducive and if you're only purpose is to start insulting people like I'm gonna go and Mm -hmm. I'm I'm gonna get rid of you I'm not gonna go I'm gonna get rid of you and like it's I don't know um do you feel like
0: your platform, like, helps build community amongst people? Like, have you heard any stories or, like, had any experiences where, like, your followers have actually, like, had full
1: conversations or started following each other, collaborating? I don't know if you've seen any of that. Um, I definitely see people that, you know, somebody will say, hey, I'm struggling with this thing you know and like give me some help and then somebody else will come into the comment and be like hey I figured out how to do that thing please message me for more information mm. or and then they'll be like oh my gosh thanks let's I do. will right now and stuff like that or they'll give the advice in the comment and then like we'll have part of the conversation and then they'll be like let's carry this elsewhere so I mean I don't necessarily like follow up with those people and ask them like <laughs> how did it pan out but I see it in the comments where somebody will ask like hey you know I need help with this and somebody else will step in and be like this is what I did. And it's pretty common. It's common enough that most sometimes, like, I see it and I just ignore it. And I'm like, somebody will answer. And, like, usually people do. Like, almost all the time people are always like, hey, let me help. And, like, I want to do this. That's the nice thing about this movement is that because it's so new, everybody's trying to kind of find their way. So everyone kind of wants to share, like, I had this problem. This is how I tackled it. Mm -hmm. I had that problem. That's how I tackled that. Mm.
0: And you're, like, just holding the container for that collaboration. That's dope.
1: And, like, I'm trying, what I'm trying to, I don't know if I'm struggling, but what I'm trying to figure out is, you know, the line of, like, where's the line where, like, I'm allowing, where I'm putting the space out Mm -hmm. for that conversation to happen, and, like, I'm just kind of moderating, mediating, whatever, Mm. versus, like, I'm micromanaging every interaction on my page cuz mm. I don't want to do that. It's like exhausting and like it's unnecessary, so it's kind of just trying to figure out like okay, when should I kind of be like, "Oh, you should step in now?" or when should I just be like, "Okay, mm. just let that happen," you know? Hmm.
0: So, what's next for Go Green Save Green? How do you like Ooh. envision expanding this?
1: So, um, I am a ceramicist. That's what I went to school for is I went to school for ceramics. So I can do pottery, sculptures, all kinds of stuff, not just clay stuff. I'm like an artist and in my day job, I'm actually like a prop maker. So I make props for movies and stuff. So I'm just like an overall maker. I just like being hands-on, creating things, making things. But in my, my medium of choice, clay, um, I... Made a another Instagram page called Sluts for Sustainability, and like that page is basically me providing handmade ceramic, like plastic-free alternatives to things. So you know, like. (laughs) like uh, soap dishes for like all the shampoo bars you have you know if you don't want just like if you want to support an artist you know like I'm here um, <laughs> but then also like you know safety razor holders because there's or safety razor stands because yeah. there's actually not that many out there surprisingly um, and then just like things like terracotta water filters you know how people like they don't have access to plastic water filters mm. they like filter it through clay and like I know how to make those or you know like oh shit You know, like making coffee pour overs or like, you know, making tea infusers, making like things that, you know, just things that can help kind of aid other things that you might buy in the process of like trying to be zero waste or low waste and like little things that make your life a little bit easier. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like what I'm trying to do personally is like kind of expand not just my educational brand, but like. My marketing Or I don't know Selling brand Yeah like, But like I'm trying to make things That you know Because that's my passion Is I love making So I think it would be amazing If like Not only am I educating people But like You know, saying, hey, also, I do this service. If you want to support me, you can do that. And it's not even just about me because on my Instagram, I have highlights that have so many businesses, small businesses, large businesses of people trying to do the same things as I am. So it's not like I'm just trying to hoard that group of people for myself. Like, I'm very much about like trying to help other people who are trying to make their individual differences by not just like purchasing that, but like providing alternatives. I'm trying to give people a platform for that also.
0: Awesome. And my my last question uh is just what are some of the accounts or the news sources that you really just like jam with? Okay. Uh and yeah, we'll start with that.
1: All right. So, accounts that I love um Oh, man. I got to look at my highlights for this one. I love Chicks for Climate Change. Chicks, Yeah, Chicks for Chicks climate. climate. Yeah, I love that. Uh, I actually have a highlight tab that says pages to follow. So if you ever need, a, it's probably the first one. I love Green Matters. They're just like environmental news. I love Pointless Packaging. They are a page that literally just like shames uh, supermarkets into, like when you go to the store and you see two apples in a plastic bag and you're like, why does this plastic bag need to be? around these two apples they're the type there's the instagram account that like shames stores for that um i like easy eco tips they are a really like cute instagram where like every day they give you a new tip and they started doing it in different languages also so it's just like oh swap this instead of that and they're all super easy things it's not always like really hard stuff um i love all the eco meme pages out there they're pretty amazing um I love plant-based news, which is just, like, vegan and plant-based knowledge. So even if you're not a vegan or if you're not, like, a vegetarian, it's kind of good to know, like, kind of educate yourself as to, like, maybe why people do that, why somebody would decide for that. Um, And then there's also green for emo, which is another just, like, environmental Uh, news source um there's a million women which is like an australian based organization that does like environmental news and swaps that you can do they're really interesting um the happy broadcast which is just like a it's not environmentally only it kind of does all types of stuff but they have like you know it's not all doom and gloom. Like people are making progress. People are working to make the world a better place. And they make posts about like the good things people accomplish, which is nice to follow when you're like not sure what to do. Then there's the vegan chub club, which is like (laughs) um, this platform that's like fighting this idea that like, Vegans have to fit a certain body stereotype Or something like that And I really like them and appreciate what they do I think it's amazing Uh, And then there's Public Lands Hate You It's just like you know, influencers that go to like, like nature places and stuff and then like yeah. mess the environment up. And it's like, ah, like we can't do like, you shouldn't be doing that. You shouldn't be stepping into fields of flowers. You shouldn't be like, you know, hurting animals that are there. You shouldn't be taking things from the- that place and stuff like that. So those are like the accounts that I really love on Instagram. Yeah.
0: Cool. <laughs> and how can people stay in touch with you and, and, know more about the work that
1: you do you can follow me on instagram at (laughs) go green save green you can follow my other instagram uh slut for sustainability (laughs) both of them are tagged on go green save green you obviously and then if you have any questions um feel free to like dm or comment or something like that i also have an email option if you want to email me and talk further or like you know i'm always down to facetime and stuff like that if you really want to reach out and talk to me you know make it known like make it known that you are like oh i really want to talk to you and i'm always like i'm always down to make a new friend (laughs) dope well thank you so much for being
0: on the show today this is super fun uh this was wow we like killed it that was awesome Uh um so i'll finish this off by Mm -hmm. thank you everyone for listening today this is brown girl green and go green save green And uh, this is another Brown Girl Green podcast where I interview environmental leaders and advocates about diversity and inclusion and coming up with creative solutions to the climate crisis. I'm working to change the image of what it means to be an environmentalist in the 21st century. Talk to you next time. You could have done so many things with this past hour of your life, but you chose to listen to me. Thank you for dedicating this time to listening to the Brown Girl Green podcast. I hope you smash that young subscribe button. Tell your friends and family and help me continue to save the planet. One podcast and post at a time. Follow me at Brown Girl Green. Catch you on the flip.